Guess Who is brought to you by you. Brought to you by you. On Patreon. Patreon.com slash says who. And you can go over and join if you like. If you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, if you just like joining things, why not sign up? Get some great benefits like bonus episodes, a, a super cool wedgie pin, a cool sticker. You can become a sponsor and get hot ad copy. Hot, hot ad copy. A signed book. Look, there's all kinds of cool stuff and really nice people. Why not sign up now? We just released a bonus episode today, as a matter of fact. Special for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So you could get that for yourself right now. Thank you to all of our residents of Sezhovia for bringing us to you. At patreon.com slash says who. Says you. Says me. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Yes, and you are. Listen to my voice, Maureen. Sounds good. It is strong and resonant. And resident or resonant? Resonant. It I is also it resonant. is a resident within it's a resident within my throat. Wow, that's deep. My my voice pays rent. It's my only source of income right now. I guess it's true. I mean, you could have people come and look at your beard for a dollar. Ooh, is that a thing that people do? Here's what you do, Dan, and it won't be creepy at all. Is you'll build like a like a partition wall with put a hole in it and just put your beard through, and people actually people slide a dollar through a slot, and then you will stick your beard out of the hole, and they can stroke it. And then after a minute, seems, you pull it back in. Seems <laughs> This seems like a great idea. That's the creepiest idea I've ever had. Yeah. My, my, house, my house is uh, right on an alley, so I could, I could set that up pretty easily. Just people could walk down the alley and stick a dollar in a hole. You get to feel your beard. And what's nice about it is you can make your own hours. Yeah. Yeah. I can work <laughs> for myself. The American dream. Yeah. This is the American dream. It is. Sticking beards in holes. Mm, 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 mm. Well, that got off on a weird foot, Maureen. That's unpleasant. Oh, that is gravy. not very unsavory no. way to start. Holy. We did record something ugh. very soothing that was the opposite of that. We recorded it for Patreon as a bonus episode, a Thanksgiving meditation that if you're having a stressful time with your family, you can play that and have a moment of, of zen. Yeah, if you go to patreon.com slash says who and you are a member of the Town Watch or a patron above that, it is there waiting for you. Or you can just join up and uh, and grab it. But yeah, it's us very calm. We're very calm throughout it very, all. Very, very calm. We're just helping you deal with your own stress. But I'm going to give you a free trick. 
right now, Dan. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, my so my friend Jason Keeley, who performed my wedding recently, um, he lived with a someone who was very difficult. So he was in one of kind of three's company situation where, you know, it, he lived with these two other people, and the and the other two people were a couple, and then they broke up, but they still all lived together. Okay, and. Um, it was a difficult situation. I, not to get not to get nitpicky, right. Maureen, but that is right. not a threes company situation. Just so you know, in that it doesn't have any relationship to the plot of threes company. Exactly. There are three of them, though. That that was the least. The, I mean, okay. I know it's not what threes company is about. No, but there were three of them. Okay. I mean, well, that's like you could be like it was like the three blind mice, but they weren't mice or blind. Or the Three Stooges. Yeah, or the Three Musketeers, but they didn't know how to sword fight. It was like the Three Musketeers, except that the three of them lived in a house, and there were two or a couple, and then they broke up, and it was very, very awkward. And so when one of the people who was kind of difficult used to kind of talk endlessly about the breakup to him, and at like all hours of the like he could not oh, get away because he goodness. lived there. It was 4 a.m., and... You know, that person would be at his door going, I just wanted to. And he said the way he got through it was whenever this person opened their mouth to tell him more about stuff he didn't want to hear. This is what he played in his head. He would just do a mental turkey gobble. And he said it worked. He just blanked it out in his own head with a gobbling noise. And I have tried it. And it's not it's not terrible. That's pretty good. It's not terrible. So that's a, because it, it's a great way to get through this week. It's a great week. It's a holiday week. Obviously, last week we ended by making some predictions about what was going to happen this week. And they have come true, Dan. They have absolutely mm. come true. Um, have, you, have you been watching the news this week, Maureen? Hmm? Well, I, none of them came true. We were Our, as wrong as wrong could be. Well, we should. Okay, our predictions were. My my prediction was that uh, Donald Trump Jr., affectionately known on this podcast as Dojo, is going to be uh, indicted by Robert Mueller, and that after a day of kind of how dare you on Twitter, Trump would then throw him under the bus. And mine was that Mueller would appear in some form. Yeah, even that one. Even that was a low bar. And guess what? Yeah. It didn't happen. No. 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 He's kind of a mysterious, invisible enigma now. All right. We act like Robert Mueller has done nothing, but that's not true, is it? Is it? Because sitting in some courtrooms down in Virginia are a bunch of mysterious sealed indictments. This is true. We still don't know what they're for. A whole bunch of them, high level, and they seem to have a weird otherworldly glow about them like that briefcase in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I like this better in a lot of ways because I'm a fan of a mystery that has like a, a, a folder of information somewhere, a big sealed envelope that has all the answers in it. And the fact that there's a pile of something like 34 of them somewhere. What if each envelope just contains the name of one of the spices in KFC chicken though? We'd still get something we didn't have right now. That's true. That's true. Not terrible. It also we do know that uh I guess we don't know for sure, but the general consensus is at this point Trump has turned in 
written answers to Mueller's questions, which his lawyers have been like, yes, we wrote them. And he's been like, no, I wrote them. So that seems like they're on the same page real well. Dan, I love the thought of these answers. You all had those people you knew in college who were just the worst. And, (laughs) you know, like, I'll tell you about this one guy I remember from college. He was, um, his father was a VP at Black and Decker, and he arrived at the school and he's like, my dad's a VP of Black and Decker. It was like one of the first things he told us. And you were all, wow, Brian Dustbuster, nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) And he uh, pledged a frat. First thing he did is like, I'm going to pledge a frat. And I was like, we have frats? And he spent the whole semester drinking. That's all he did. He just projectile vomited everywhere. He never, never went to class. Failed everything so spectacularly that he actually was very proudly showing that he'd gotten a D plus in one subject. And that was like the best grade he'd gotten was the D plus because the rest were F's or if possible F minuses. They were just uh, and I don't know if they do F minus, but he had just the only person in your college to get a G. (laughs) He just he bombed everything. And then he said, well, what I'm going to do is my dad's friend is like one of is a doctor and he's going to write a letter saying that I had a problem and uh, that I had a breakdown or something and that the whole semester will be wiped off the map. That's how it works. Like it never happened. And I think I think it did work. (laughs) Well, you know, when you're heir to the Black and Decker dustbuster fortune and i feel like trump is that guy like he definitely never did his own homework and no. can you imagine the shit you know it's it's eleven fifty the night before the final answer like the paper is due and he's like okay i gotta write these answers and you know they're everyone will start with the Webster's Dictionary defines collusion as, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, these typewritten answers, but then they're just Sharpie lines on top where he's writing, you know, Mueller sucks on it and, and things like that. Do you think he could pass the average Comp 101 class? Oh, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm like, just... Like, write a, like, write a, a introduction three... Paragraphs conclusion type thing? No way. No. Not in a million years. Not in a million billion years. The sun would die before he could do that. (laughs) I'm talking the first one you do when you walk like you're you're 18 years old or you're however old and you go in and you're taking your 101. It's like I you have to write um yeah, like the no training involved. None. No. You really don't think you can do it. Oh, my word, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, but first I of all, you'd have to... to hand him like a ream of paper because his handwriting is like two inches per letter. <laughs> he certainly can't type it. So he'd handwrite the whole thing with Sharpie. He would, he would get maybe halfway through the first sentence before he was just drawing dicks and had forgotten entirely what he was sitting there for. What's about her? I've been writing my essay on this. Sir, that's a calculator. Oh, boobs. <laughs> uh, 
He is also a little bit like that guy from Die Hard who's like, I got this. Give me the, I'll talk to Hans Gruber. <laughs> he gives a little thumbs up. The finger guns. Uh, I love I'll write my answers, you guys. Do not let him write the answer. Sir, do not write the answer. I got this. I got this. Thumbs up. Hey, Hans. They totally handed him like disappearing ink, right? They, they were they just put, like they took his paper each page and they put it directly in the shredder and said it's a special mailbox that goes <laughs> right. To when th- I was younger, uh, my parents told me that you wrote a letter to Santa and then to mail it to Santa, you put it in the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they told him. Oh, Muller just reads it from the smoke. Dan. When I was a kid, I had a habit of sticking stuff up my nose, and when you were a kid, one day, oh look, kid is is a loose term. So before now, before today, Dan, before this afternoon, I had a habit of sticking stuff up my nose, and for some reason, I don't know, I just went through a phase of it, and I went into the kitchen to my mom and I said, "Mom, I stuck a paper up my nose." And she's like, "Why?" And then she's a nurse, so she gets out and she looks up. And she sees that she can't get it out. It's like way up. Oh, no. Close, wow. Cl- cl- close to the sinus cavity. Did you like cavity. grease it up or something? Or you just went for no, it? No, I, I have no memory of this event. Oh, my goodness. It was it was Christmas Eve, and it was apparently oh. like a wild, wild snowstorm. But my mom looks, and she's looking at my nose. And she's, she's trying, dying. like... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> So she's gets she gets out whatever tools she's got. She's got like a hemostat or something like something to try to get hold of it and pull it out, but she's like, I can't risk it. I might push it in further to the sinus. So my dad gets home and she's like, We gotta take her to the ER because this can't get into her sinus. We So she's like, I was in the middle of making like Christmas I'm like Eve dinner. I'm laughing so hard. So wait, Dan, just wait. So she's like, turn off the Christmas Eve dinner. Like oh. she's like a turkey or something cooking. She's like, come on, Ray, we got to take her to the hospital because she shoved the piece of paper up her nose. And it's, I mean, horrific ice storm snow. Oh. So the hospital that we go to is maybe like 15 <laughs> minutes from our house. Okay. Maybe. But because the weather is so terrible and it's like all hills and stuff, it takes two over two hours to drive. To the hospital. Oh, my. So we get into the hospital parking lot, apparently. I don't. And we get there and we're we, they're like, OK, we're here. We're safe. They open the doors. I sneeze and out comes the paper <laughs> like in the parking lot. And they're like, oh, my God. But my mom's like, look. We got her here. It seems to be out, but we're here. Let's just we're have them check to make out. sure. Yeah. Just make sure it's out and there's not anything in the sinus. So we go in and because it's so terrible out and it's Christmas Eve, there's almost nobody in the ER. It's it's like kind of dead. And we walk in and there sitting in the corner of the ER is a Santa. Like someone has come to the ER as Santa in case anybody comes in on Christmas Eve and is sad and he's got a big bag full of toys. And I go in oh, and I'm I like- Oh, meant like he had, he had had like a, like he was stabbed. This no, was This was no. installed by the hospital. There was a Santa. Yeah, this was the, this oh. was like to make people happy, you know, if they came in the ER oh. on Christmas Eve, but there was no one there but me. So I walk in and I'm like, Santa, 
Santa! And he's like, hello, little girl. And I'm like, oh, my God, Santa. Because I always, I love Santa. And he, and he has a big bag full of toys. Like, probably people have given toys. And I, yeah. he takes out this giant box. Because there's been nobody to give the toys to. And he's like, finally, a little girl has come in. And this little girl's like, Santa! And he takes out a big box and gives it to me. And I'm like, ah! And my mom's like, oh, my God. The lesson <laughs> she has learned is that you stick a piece of paper up your nose. And then you get to see Santa. And you get a doll. Wow. They looked at me. There was no paper up there. I went home. I was thrilled because I had like a giant doll in the back seat. I'm like, this is great. I remember the doll vividly. I was like, yes. I don't remember doing the paper thing, but I do remember the doll. And then, um, yeah. So apparently then the, the postscript is a week later, <laughs> we're in a like we're in a department store or something. And I go to my mom. I stuck this up my nose and I had broken <laughs> off a piece of styrofoam cup and oh, shoved no. it up my nose. And so I'm saying then that you can learn the lesson that if you stick things up your nose, you get to see Santa. So maybe, maybe Trump thinks if he writes his answers down and he sticks them up his nose, he'll get to see Santa, which I, as far as I'm concerned, is correct. Have you ever just tried the simple sticking a piece of paper up your nose, Dan? Uh, it just doesn't seem like that would really bring a lot of thrill. Had he written anything on it? Was it like a, was there like an incantation? The one I stuck up my nose? Yeah. Seems like that's I don't a, know. like, oh, what if there was a whole magic system that involved like ingesting writing through your nose? That's how I, that's how I became a writer, Dan. As I was talking about a magic system that involved ingesting things through your nose, I just thought of that guy from Die Hard again, and he just gave me the finger guns. <laughs> he was all, that's right, my man. Little nose magic. Don't worry. I got this. Hey, Hans. Um, meanwhile, in that guy, because this week Trump is that guy. So he went and he visited California where some of the most horrific fires in American history. Like fi like in like fires that have have killed at this point, I think, 79 people. But there are still, I think, somewhere around 700 people unaccounted for. But also fires that have people hundreds of miles away having to wear breathing apparatuses in their own homes because it is so smoke and ash filled. And if you're affected by this, like we, it's, it's unspeakable it what's is. going on right now. Well, he went out there, which yeah. can't, can't have cheered you up at all. No, but he was quick to point out that it was California's fault. And that if they had just raked the forest floor, there wouldn't have been a fire. That's how it like works, in, right? In Finland, yeah. Oh, right, Finland. Finland, the obvious climate equivalent of California. Which, which made the president of Finland respond like, "That's not what I. That's not." That's not what that's not we what do. But if we're doing things that Finland does, could we also get healthcare? I mean, yeah, there's lots of cool stuff that Finland does. Super cool stuff. Very good smoked fish. Oh, man, and pickles. Let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, Maureen. All of Scandinavia, smoked fish and pickles, 
I've been there and it is like, I just want to, when I die, just bury me in a vat of smoked fish and pickles. I love a pickle. They're really love- good. Pickled, also pickled fish. Oh, they don't fuck around there. And apparently they're really good at raking leaves. A sauna? A nice sauna. They love a sauna. Yeah. I like a good sauna. Did I ever tell you about, there was a, there was a period of time where, um, I honestly can't tell you how I started doing this, but I lived just down the street. I guess this is how, because it was right down the street from a very, very ramshackle Korean schwitz. And uh, me and uh, other folks that I worked with decided that we would start going to the Schwitz on the regular. And it was amazing until we went there one time and we were all chilling in the like big whirlpool. And then there was like a dry sauna behind it. And uh, then all these cops with a gurney came in and uh, loaded a body out of the dry sauna. Oh, yeah. The guy had died in the dry sauna. They but they kept the they kept the Schwitz open the whole time. Which was thoughtful. Look, I did. I didn't mean to laugh. Just, but it's the, that that that's the appropriate response. We just all sat there, like it, we, it, and it was like you fully dressed cops coming into like the sauna where there's nobody else dressed, and uh, yeah, and then they go in. They go into the thing that we had been planning on going into next, and out wheels a out wheels a body and then probably i don't know 15 minutes later an employee of the of the sauna came in and uh stuck a closed sign on the door of the dry sauna when i i was going to someone's uh like a like a bridesmaids party and we had it in a in a spa where you you know you sit around together and then you you sit in the sauna together and this sure. place is a giant giant dry sauna and we went in we were sitting there very peacefully, and they said, "Oh, we uh, we're having a treatment in here, so we're just gonna have to turn it up a little bit." Then they turned that heat up in there till I think it was about five hundred and seventy degrees. <laughs> it was so hot, and then they brought in a table, and then they put this woman on this table, and they that the treatment was that they beat her with like yeah. um, branches, tree oh, branches. Boy. Yeah, sure, and. I don't know if it was bay leaves or something, but it looked horrific. I mean, it looked genuinely like torture. It's nice. It's nice, Maureen. It is. It's a nice way to relax, I think. Relax. It's a holiday, everybody. Let's get relaxed. Let's relax. And to help you get relax and get ready for the holiday... We have a guest. We do, Maureen. We have a guest. Today we're joined by Kat Kinsman, who is the senior food and drinks editor at Extra Crispy and also the author of the book, High Anxiety, Life with a Bad Case of Nerves. As someone that writes and talks about food and mental health, we knew that she would be the perfect guest to help us survive the Thanksgiving weekend. So I guess to start, we are recording this uh, two days before Thanksgiving, and how how do we make it through the next few days, Kat? 
Oh, goodness. I mean, the obvious answer, Xanax, whiskey, <laughs> all, all the, listening to really calming podcasts. These are Good. all fantastic things. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, podcasts are a tremendous source of calm and good for me. I, you know, I, I found this Sleep With Me podcast a few months ago, and I can pretty much say that that saved my sanity. So I, I would go about with that in my ears. Um, there's a GIF also that I encourage people to have on their phone where some people might already, if you look up anxiety.gif, it's this fantastically soothing geometric shape that goes inward and outward and you breathe along with it. Mm -hmm. And it's so shockingly effective. Wow. Yeah. It also, uh, and my other strategy is I, I mean, I have a billion strategies for this as a professional anxious person, uh, have, some people in your phone who you can text and be your snarkiest worst self with, and they will get you through. I think we had one of those text conversations once, Dan, and it was. <laughs> We've had a few. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you really, the, here we are at Thanksgiving, which is the strange intersection of food and anxiety. Oh, so, so we are really um, coming to you. This is your corner. This is this this yeah. is it is a it is a Venn diagram with which you are at the direct center. Yes, but at the same time, I've done the smart thing, or at least smart for me, by not being the host of this. I I have sort of perfected the art of being a really great guest for these, but that's because I, I know to deal with my particular brand of anxiety, it's going to be nobody. It's going to do nobody any favors if I am hosting this and spazzing out about it. I mean, party hosting in general, I'm thrilled to do. I'm super happy. Expectations are so high around Thanksgiving and what people need to happen to make it be Thanksgiving that I have for years and years gotten to opt out of that one and bring dishes that make the host happy, bring uh, make me happy. Um, but I've really strategized my life to a particular point where I, I can be a calm person on Thanksgiving. The best gift you can give to yourself, I know this isn't so much a gift holiday, the best gift you can give to yourself is reframing your notion of what Thanksgiving is and should be for you in particular. You know, we've moved so far away from that Norman Rockwell version of things that probably didn't exist for most people in the first place. It's really e easy to idealize this particular version of nuclear Thanksgiving that probably isn't the reality for, for most people. Uh, and maybe you have these great childhood memories and family getting together and all this kind of stuff, but you look one layer beneath and you can see all the stuff that went into it. Maybe, you know, your grandmother served you the most perfect turkey and all this kind of stuff. You know, it was probably a situation like they, you know, they always talk about the swan that is serene on the outside and paddling like mad underneath it. Um, you know, I think we, social media has led to a broader talk about what the realities of this idealized kind of thing are. So I think you get to decide a lot more about what works for you, who you surround yourself with, the conversations that you have, the foods that you eat. You can opt out if that works for you and not do anything at all. Um, you can decide not to have it with terrible people who make you upset. You may think, oh, they're family. I have to. No, you don't. You don't. They don't get the pleasure of your company. You don't have to have pie with racists. You just don't have to. <laughs> 
And you should. I want a shirt. I want a shirt that just says you don't have to have pie with racists. No, and moreover, you should not give pie to racists, homophobes, transphobes, any of those people. I'm sorry. The pie, you know we talk about having to be civil and have these discussions. You should have the discussions, but you shouldn't give pie to people who don't deserve it. You just shouldn't. Just no, no pie for no. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is a hill I I will ha- happily stand on top of and wave my flag. Um, but yeah, you can structure it. You can decide what Thanksgiving is. When it comes down to it, it's just a meal. If it's not perfect, that's fine. That you have a story to tell for next year. It's great. It's it's all nothing has to be perfect, or you can redefine what perfect means for you. So let's just say you have we're gonna call him cousin Chad. Oh yeah. And- Cousin Chad is sitting there and he's like, ah, I'm trying to trying to trigger the, you know, he's doing the thing. What you do, uh, can you do this? Say you cut, you have a beautiful pumpkin pie. I'm talking primo, just beautiful. It's got a nice edge of whipped cream on it. Oof, yeah, it's real nice. And you're serving it with maybe a an eggnog ice cream or something really delicious. Mm-hmm. You cut it into slices and you're putting down slices in front of everyone and you get and you just make sure that it's the way you've arranged it that Chad would be getting the last slice and then you hand off the last slice of pumpkin pie there's nothing for them and go oh don't worry Chad uh there's there's more pie I'll, I'll go and get it and then you come back with one piece of mince pie <gasps> that's so mean and so deserved is he triggered he's triggered Chad is triggered I say it's pie oh, no i said we well we ran out of the pumpkin but we have pie here's your here's your pie cuz mince pie is just pain it's just you know i it's real I, nasty i try to be open to pe- people's pie preferences not yuck their yum all this kind of stuff i can't wrap my head around suet in desserts it's just mm. it coats it coats your mouth in a particular way that's just I, I can't get around that. It's it's a very distinctive palpable. I'm tasting it in my mouth right now. Oh my God. Like it's 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 that waxy kind of thing. And I have some friends who like it's not the holidays if they don't have their freaking suet pudding or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> their, their thing happens to be. But um yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah, you you've you've delivered on your word, but yeah. you know What? It, I gave you pie. Yeah. Why are you being a dick, Chad? <laughs> I mean, I think just generally, like, why you being a dick, Chad? Like, it's, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, and you're not antagonizing. You're delivering on your promise. You're 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 given pie, but you know, I I think it comes to a point where we we've all been real nice for a long time, <laughs> and I'm sick of it. The thing I learned to do um, is I, I I sort of came up with a phrase. Uh, was this last year? I guess it was like last Christmas and a family member who will not be named was was playing this song that he thought was really funny about how particular groups want to be called by you know the, the what they identify by. And it was, you know, take it away oh, all no. the fun because you know people were having to go out of their way to call people actually use accurate terms to describe people. And he was thinking this was really funny. And he's somebody who thinks of himself as a very religious and kind person. And I looked at him and I said, you're better than that. Whoa. And I left the room and made myself a drink. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, and because I was giving him a compliment, he's better than that. And, you know, and what is he supposed to say? No, I'm worse than that. This is the level at which I operate. And I, and I've deployed that several times since in, in things where you, you want people to be their better selves. It's just, nobody's challenging them on it. I tried that actually with the, 
uh, not well because they <laughs> fuck you no pie yeah no pie yeah yeah and also you can uh you know go and I, I for the most part spend holidays with uh great friends and they're my family and they all get pie they bring pie i will always eat their pie i will bring lots of things for them but yeah i mean this is one of the great uh, granted i have ki- i don't have kids so i have a little more leeway cuz nobody is like you know needing to see the the grandchildren and the nieces and nephews or whatever so my husband and i have a little bit more leeway in this but my friends are my family and I like to celebrate those relationships and honor that and not call it Friendsgiving because it's yeah. just Thanksgiving. Right. Friendsgiving always kind of felt like it cheapened it out. Yeah. It feels markety. You know? Yeah. Well, it just like it gets to be what it is, which is like, you know, sharing a good meal with, with your friends. And sure, for some people that might not happen on the actual day of Thanksgiving, but it's the thing that they look forward to more. Oh, yeah. Is it yeah. is it okay uh, to just not like that? I just don't like Thanksgiving. Um, we did it. We did big family ones when I was a kid, but after that, it just was kind of a tense, annoying weekend. And I don't eat turkey. And I basically like let's. As far as I'm concerned, I just have to get through Thanksgiving to like four p at four say six p.m at thanksgiving night is usually my limit then i'm like it's christmas now and that's what i'm getting to so like i'm all about <laughs> i like a par- i like i watch the parade in the morning because i want to see santa and then i just kind of get through that day and then it's like a, then the lights are on then i'm like yeah and but suddenly i'm covered in lights and also i married an english person who doesn't even do it so like it's just oh. not even a not even a thing is that okay? So you are absolutely entitled to process the holidays however you need to. I'm not a Christmas person. I grew up with Christmas. Like traditionally, it's 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 a thing. I get I have seasonal affective disorder like crazy. I mean, it gets it's starting to get dark at like oh, 4 30 or 4. Let's oh. talk. Oh, I know. Oh. It's it's tough. That's why part of the reason I cover my house in 19,000 strings of lights. Yeah, I have You can I see have... my apartment from space. I have the blue light on my desk at work, like the, the, that thing. And so for me, I actually really love Thanksgiving, but for years and years and years, I've really gotten to claim it for um, about 15 years. I got to have it with my beloved friends, Eric and John at the home of this incredible woman who is no longer with us, Dr. Ellen Robinson, who we called Mama Diva. And she, oh God, this fantastic woman. She was Eric's best friend and she was an older woman and he was a young gay man. She was the older woman working. They got, they met at the Estee Lauder counter at Macy's where they were working. And she started bringing him and his now husband to her house in Harlem for holidays. And uh, my, I think my second uh, Thanksgiving in New York when I was maybe 24, 25, I was at loose ends and a friend who was friends with them said, you know, come on, we're taking in strays. And I went to Mama Diva's house and she made this soul food Thanksgiving. That is one of the greatest gifts anybody has ever given to me. The, the force of her hospitality was so, so strong. And it also made me realize like, okay, the, it, it, it really made me realize like you can have chosen family and you can do this rotating cast of people every year. But Mama Diva would take in absolutely everyone who who wanted to come in. And there would be it's like a local junkie from the neighborhood who would slip in and she'd fix them a plate. She would pay someone to 
to the dishes. Everybody knew that they were welcome there. And it was just such a great inclusive thing that um, even after she died, Eric and John kept hosting this at their house and everybody would come to it and they moved to LA, but you know, we chat on the phone or Skype or whatever on, uh, on Thanksgiving, but that taught me such a deep lesson about what this can actually mean. She taught me also how to make um, collard greens. And so for me, like that's the dish that I bring every year. And mm. I really mm. like, it was just, it really was. And like, uh, you know, it just, I adopted her dishes of, of that because I couldn't stand the dishes like growing up. I'm not a mashed potato person. I don't like I was, stuffing. Stuffing's gross. Oh. It's like insulation. It's wet bread. I mean, oh, it's so gross. <laughs> it's literally and, what it is. And can we talk for a second about something that you just said about, you know, I, I know that you're um, vegetarian and I was the vegetarian for years at Thanksgiving. And I remember once uh, my aunt took me to her friend's house. And I told him ahead of time that I was vegetarian and I was like, can I please just bring something? And she's like, no, no, no. They have it all taken care of and stuff. Oh, and I, and I showed up and she like had tricked me because she thought it would be rude if I showed up with my own food no. and I was left eating just bread. And she was like, like, just eat the food and be polite. I'm like, what about this is polite? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So it was so uncool and it just, it frustrated me so much. And I was so hungry and I was put at the kids' table, even though I was in college. And <laughs> so sushi. So, it's so important to me to accommodate everybody, meet them in the space where, where they are, like no matter what kind of parties I'm having. I had a, a friend's girlfriend was doing a whole 30 a couple of years ago and I had the whole menu planned, but I was like, I, this is a challenge I must meet. And because you have to, if you have people at your house, you have to take care of them. There is some responsibility. A guest has to bring their own stuff, but you also have to let them. Yeah. Don't fall for that trap. Vegetarians fill your pockets with your own gravy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want a gravy pocket. Yeah, well, I've got one. So what is your vegetarian Thanksgiving dish that you love, especially? Uh, this year I do a, it's a smoky seitan roast that you can buy. Ooh. It's really good. Um, we always, and I, again, I live with an English people person who likes a roast dish. So we do a big tray, like roast vegetables, roast potatoes, roast carrots, roast parsnips, roasted Brussels sprouts, lots of gravy. I make a fresh cranberry relish. I mean, we're going to have all of this here. Um, so we'll have lots of roast vegetables and gravy and cranberries and uh, I'll make a vegan pumpkin pie, which is really delicious. And yeah, so we'll have the full thing just be the vegan roast. That's awesome. <laughs> it's really good, actually. I want to know what your collard green recipe is. Oh, man, I've been tweaking it over the years. Uh, and I do actually need to figure out a vegetarian once should there. I don't want any vegetarians to be like deprived of the collards. Uh, but the way Mama Diva did it and I go with, I use a ham hock or some other, like if I have a rind on smoked bacon, um, I use a little bit of ideally peanut oil and, and score it and brown it in that. So it's like so much of the fat is, is, is coming out of there and I'm not tossing out that fat. I'm keeping even more of it, um, cooking that down and then, uh, adding water to the pot, simmering that down for a while. So just the hock or the meat or whatever is, is simmering in there for a long time. And it really picks it up. I even amplify it. I put in neck bones sometimes because like, or, or, you know, whatever I, I happen to be able to get my hands on in there. 
And then I'm really meticulous about the collards. I strip them from the stem. I'll chop those and add those separately. Um, but then I take the leaves and I stack them up and I roll them and chiffonade them. Chiffonade. Um, because it's fun to be able to say chiffonade. Um, and then <laughs> throw those into the pot. And then I'll adjust the, the seasonings accordingly. There's some red pepper flakes in there. There's some vinegar, maybe a little bit of fish sauce. Um, some people do um, like cane sh- cane syrup in there, a little bit of molasses. Uh, but yeah, I just I just cook with love and meticulousness, and then I do not throw out a drop of that pot liquor that's left over, and I cook everything for the next week in that until it's gone. I make my hop, uh, I make my hop and John in it, and it's just good stuff. Uh, I'll be right over. <laughs> Come yeah, on, you I need make, that. I make plenty, but. It, I, in honesty, I've been looking at some vegetarian ones and there's like, you can use some super umami mushrooms yeah. in there. And yeah, I I feel like I owe it to myself over the holiday season to come up with a vegan version. Honestly, it. a little spoonful of miso and almost everything Oof. is the, you can, you can do you a go. lot of magic with a little miso in just about anything. Oh God. And you know, yesterday I was, uh, I have this goofy video series that I do with an instant pot and this actually wasn't an instant pot recipe, but like I was cooking for instant pot. It's very strange show. And I made a, uh, a vegan nut cheese ball Mm -hmm. and got all the, uh, like umami from that. Uh, I put in annatto, um, for a little bit of kick to it and nutritional yeast and smoked paprika. And that was happy town. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. The tooth smoked paprika, everything gets it. It's everything gets it. I'm just, I have like nine jars of it at all times. Uh, if you have a favorite brand, let me on to that stuff because I, I am always looking for a bigger, better, better one. Um, I honestly, I usually get it at Fairway, but you know, whoever's carrying. Yeah. yeah. Fill my, I got a gravy pocket. I got a smoked paprika <laughs> pocket. <laughs> All the dogs must love you. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> we uh, we did an episode of this show recently where we made gravy, and my boss, who's the best sport in the world, uh, put on a gravy poncho, so mm-hmm. you can really enjoy your gravy. If you got a gravy wow. poncho on, because you never know. It's like gonna... an episode of Double Dare, but with gravy. Yeah, it, we made some good gravy in that, too. And good yeah. gravy. Gravy's good stuff. I feel like I'm using this holiday season to really master some of my gravies. Because also, I have a stomach condition, which sucks a lot. So I have to mostly be paleo. So I've had to experiment with... Uh, so I'm the problem child at the table with all the dietary restrictions. Um, you can use tapioca. You can use sweet potato flour. You can use all this kind of stuff. And it's good. My thing with gravy is I'm I'm not a big mashed potato fan. I'm not either. And that's Ugh. like... The major gravy carrier, because it's just is like kind of putting slop on slop at that point. Dan, you don't believe in yourself enough. Well, that's that's true in general. I think maybe New Year's resolution, put gravy on more things. Just really ins- get to good with gravy. Explore who you are as a gravy person. Yes. You know, I think that's important. Are you a red eye gravy person? Are you know? Are you more of a you know, a tomato gravy person? They're all. I. I, lo- I mean, I, I. I like the gravy that they dip an Italian beef in. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good like dripping gravy. But you know, yeah. there's a beefy gravy. There's you know a turkey gravy. I've started to make just gravy out of uh, using a pressure cooker to do like a, a just a leg of a turkey, and you get good stuff that way. 
I mean, I really, a, a gravy exploration, I think is a good way to go for a lot of people. I like it. Yeah. Oh, and my, my boss did let me put gravy in his beard. And I know you have a beard. Oh, and, no. You know, you, you, uh, you could be Gravy Beard the Pirate. Oh, boy. For... I don't know if I like that. <laughs> I, I don't I like either. It. <laughs> Seems we very can, sticky. We can mm. reel back from that. It's okay. Yes, I think we got, I got, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, but you get, you know, maybe that's not your gravy style. Who knows? You don't know who you are as a gravy person yet. We want to ask you something that we asked Helen Rosner, another prominent food writer and critic. I love that woman. She is incredible. She She is is a great one. She is truly. At one point on Twitter before she and I had actually met each other in person, I was such an admirer of hers. Uh, God bless her for not being too creeped out. I said my uh, my goal for was to uh, like split her open and inhabit her skin like a tauntaun creepy yes i know but she understood the sentiment of that it's very it's very thoughtful sentiment <laughs> she's she's a very dear friend at this point but props to her like, for not being I like too that basically you're saying i want to wear you when i'm cold yeah pretty much or just when i need her knowledge her intensive knowledge uh i swear i'm not that much of a creeper in real life i just want to smear gravy on people and inhabit their skin it's fine seems seems totally reasonable it is <laughs> but your questions are <laughs> Well, uh, the preface is that Huron says who we study closely the eating habits of one Donald J. Trump. And oh, same. Oh, okay. God. Oh, yes. so you're so you're very familiar. We've we break this down in granular detail. We have a conspiracy wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are now you are well familiar with the fact that he likes cheeseburgers. Yes. He likes ketchup. Yes. He likes ice cream. Yes. Only vanilla. Mm-hmm. Only vanilla. And well done steak. So you have his basic palate. You have an understanding of his palate. I do. I have put more time into this subject than my first piece for Extra Crispy was actually about included his eating, his breakfast habits. Wait, what? Okay, oh, yeah. stop, stop. Oh. Please stop. We have, we have to <laughs> do this right now. Can you tell us about his breakfast habits? Because we usually do his later day food. Yeah. Oh. I can, in fact. I've always kind of assumed that he skipped it. He does. He's offended by breakfast. Oh. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, drink coffee. But on the campaign trail, he said that if he has to eat breakfast, it's going to be cornflakes from one of those great American producing states. And, you know, like the, you know, the cornflakes or whatever, the thing he did not take into account during this was that uh, Kellogg's and I think a couple of the others, the corn for that is grown in Mexico. Mm, So he was trying to win like heartland points and he, he got it wrong, of course, but he, yeah. So he, he doesn't really do breakfast and a feature I did later on, uh, for a year or two ago was I ranked every single president in order of how much they loved breakfast. Oh, who's number one? I think, oh my, I'm totally blanking on this, of course, but there was, it, it wasn't Taft. It wasn't, I mean, he, he, Trump was the bottom one. Garfield, I think, was near the bottom. There was one of them who had to get their breakfast via enema. Um, they got eggs. Wow. <laughs> their digestive system was so broken that they had to have this nutritive oh enema goodness. of egg yolks and stuff. But Trump was the very bottom um, there. Clinton was was way up there. And I just really like delved into all of the breakfast habits of it. But yeah, Donald J. Trump doesn't give a crap about breakfast. 
Well, that's perfect. This uh, that this sets is, up our game. This perfectly. is going on the wall, Dan. We have to have we have to yeah. start a new board over here. All right, this game is called Would Trump Eat It? Oh, yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Brussels sprouts. No way. Turnips. Uh, if you lied to him. And Whoa, said what? What do you tell him? Um, that you said it was potatoes. And he would eat it and he'd, he'd, he'd go for it. But uh, he, no, otherwise he would not willingly do it. A leek. No, that's like fancy onion. <laughs> Definite no on a leek. No on a leek. Butter rum ice cream. He would have trouble with the rum part of it because he doesn't drink. Mm. He, I thought I so meant to I, say rum raisin, but so he, somehow came out with butter rum. That would throw him off, and no way does he do raisins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mushroom gravy. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. If you served it to him on top of his mother's meatloaf recipe. Candy jams. Do you think he would be able to discern? Like, does he have enough of a palate at all that he would be like, there's something wrong with this gravy? Or is he just sort of diving into the meat train? He'd wolf it because I I, I think he would eat various kinds of gravy. He might, red eye might freak him out because the coffee factor, but maybe if you didn't tell him. Haggis. Haggis? Okay, that's a funny thing because his Scottish mother might have served it to him. If you served it to him whole, no way would he, because he'd see that stomach and be totally freaked out by it. But on its own, it might, if there is still a person within Donald J. Trump, like if you think back to like, was there a boy Trump at some point that like maybe his mother was kind to him and he has, he might have like a rosebud moment where he like smelled the haggis and his mother never told him that it was like within a stomach or whatever and and like smelled some sort of smell that brought him back to childhood like maybe but if he knew what what it was no way green bean casserole yep because that's really good, yeah because that's a good american dish because he wouldn't see the green beans to start out with because like if it's a really good one it's topped with crunchy onions and you know and swimming in uh you know canned soup mm-hmm. and and stuff so yeah he he he'd go and it would be his one way of getting a vegetable in there. Olive oil ice cream. No way. It's just that, like you could, I think you could tell him it was vanilla. He would take one bite and like, because it's got a particular mouth feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just also like thinking about when it first showed up in in New York at uh, when um, all of a sudden I'm totally blanking on her name and I suck so much for this. Uh, who brought it to Marbotale's restaurants. Um, Gina, totally blanking on her name, and I suck so much for this, um, had brought, and Meredith Kurtzman, who brought the olive oil ice cream or olive oil gelato to the restaurant. And all these people, well, that's weird. That's whatever. And now it's so ubiquitous, but people were so freaked out by it. Okay. It hasn't made it. About bonus, sweet corn ice cream. No way. Got chunks in it. <laughs> Okay, anti-chunk, all right. Last one, horseradish. No way. No, no. He, he's he got the palate of, like, a newborn puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, it would, like, he would make, like, 
the saddest sad face to the point where it was almost like he was having a real human emotion. Not that I don't know if he's necessarily capable of one, but it would maybe speak to his lizard brain that the hot thing cannot have. All right, I got one more then. A banana. Unless he has some particular thing against it where he's like, because he has these weird, irrational, like those disgusting things out of like nowhere, like he could go for a banana because it's the easiest fruit. I think that he would only eat a banana in private because he would be worried that people (laughs) would laugh at him because it looks like he's eating a dick. Oh, my God. I just recently like fell into the world of fridge wraps. So like these like vinyl wrapping things that you can like put your entire fridge in it, make it look like a, I don't know, phone box or something like that. And there is one that I found and it is a full fridge size picture of a woman eating a banana. Wow. You should fall into the hole of fridge wraps. There was one that I sent to uh, my friend Karen Palmer, who is a Han Solo obsessive, and it's Han encased in carbonite. And you can wrap your fridge in this, and it's the best thing. This is amazing. We and my husband and I were talking about we're like redoing a kitchen that currently has no fridge, and we had been talking about uh, getting <laughs> that classic Smith's picture of the Salford Lads Club. But then the problem is Morrissey because he's turned into a disgusting right wing person. He has. So like while we love the iconography of it, you know, having like he's such a conflicted thing. So we might do Robert Smith era like Boys Don't Cry and wrap the fridge in that. <laughs> This is incredible. Wow. This is. I, my mind is blown <laughs> again, right now. Again, we have no children. <laughs> we can just make ourselves happy. Thank you so much for blowing our mind with fridge wraps and for giving us real amazing human Thanksgiving advice. Thank you for being incredible people. And I hope you get through the holidays unscathed. Indeed. Oh, we will. No pie for you, Chad. <laughs> Dan, as we close this week and we prepare our bodies and souls for Thanksgiving holiday, I just want to give a shout out. Hold on, Martin. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was just busy shoving a piece of paper up my nose. Dan. Huh? It doesn't work, Dan. I want to meet Santa. Dan, it's. It's a false correlation. It doesn't. It just so happened that the Santa was there. Ah, I so, uh, you just get, now you just have paper up your uh, nose. Sinus, it's a real air. open. Yeah, though. it. Yeah, it's wow. not going to be good if it gets it. Apparently, if it gets into your sinus, it's really bad. So you may need I can to go see to the through time. You need to go to the hospital, oh. Dan. Oh, that ah. is well, very open. While Dan goes to the hospital, I want to honor this week's sponsor, this week's Patreon sponsor from the Main Street Mogul section. And this week's sponsor is Colin. 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 Thanks, Colin. Colin, because we always give our sponsors a a chance to talk about or to promote, for me to promote whatever it is that they want me to promote. And Colin said um, that basically I could just promote awareness of Colin. And I first met Colin 
at LeakyCon in, I think it was, I don't know what year it was. It was probably one of the first ones I went to. And the way I met him was that I kind of just showed up at LeakyCon because uh, my friend John Green was up there and he said, come up. And then I wrote and the organizer, my friend Melissa, now my friend Melissa said, why don't you just come up? And I just said, OK, I'll get on a train. And I just went up to this con knowing nothing about it. I took a train to Boston and Melissa said, look, we don't have any more rooms, but you can just stay in my room with me. Like and I just literally shared a, a king size bed with uh, this woman I'd never met before. We put like a line of pillows down the middle and I crashed into this amazing con and I set up like a little salon and I, for some reason, I had my bag of stuff with me and I had some eyebrow tweezers and I was like, hey, anyone want their eyebrows done? And Colin stepped forward and said, I would like you to pluck my eyebrows. Wow. And I styled his eyebrows. That was how we met. There you go. I still remember Colin just very trustingly look, sitting down and looking up and saying, do it. Style my eyebrows. And I did. And he looked wonderful. Um. Go. And Colin, uh, I think at one point, Colin had a picture of me on his credit card. As one does. I think so. And Colin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did. Um, Colin's just a wonderful guy. He's always been a very active member of the like YA reading community. The gen- He's just a lovely person. And I think more people should be aware of Colin. And this episode is brought to you by Colin. Well, thank you, Colin. Coming soon, speaking of, on the Patreon will be me telling the story. This is for $5 and up people of the time that I had my beard braided at Knife Point. Yeah, we just recorded a whole bunch of bonus content. It's true. So you get some a holiday story with me, a, 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 a terrifying story of Dan and his, and his beard braiding, uh, all kinds of good stuff. Indeed. Even the story of how we met. All coming soon to uh, $5 and up Patreon. So much, much more than you want or need. I think people like, I think people like it. People do like it. You know what's dumb? I was really pushing hard on my nose when I was pretending to shove paper up it. And now my nose hurts uh-huh. a lot. See? Yeah. My real, sm- I was method acting there. Probably didn't need <sighs> to do that. Damn. Wow. Now I'm just like grabbing my nose like that guy in Die Hard. Our uh, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo, who doesn't shove paper up his nose. No, no. He does, however, perform wonderful music. And you know what? Our original logo was designed by Darth, and we will always thank Darth. We love you, Darth. Contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. Or email at hey, H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. We read every single one of your messages and internalize them. We print them out and we squish them up into little balls of paper and we shove them up our noses. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash sayswhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Join us next week, November 28th, for our next episode. My God, it's almost December. I know. It is almost December. Santa, 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 Santa. And by that point, you'll have eaten through your leftovers. You won't have to eat any more disgusting stuffing sandwiches. 
All that Thanksgiving shit will be done with. <laughs> you're real. You're a real ray of sunshine, aren't you? Stuffing is gross. It's I don't, gross. I don't mind stuffing. It's like kitchen garbage. It's like the stuff you'd find in a in a garbage disposal. I mean, like it's all ground up together. Stuff it up the ass of a turkey. Yes, I know. Well, I don't, but it's disgusting. Like it's ass. just kitchen garbage. It's just kitchen garbage. Oh, can I? Can I? Can I blast something for myself, Dan? Always blast it. Shove it right up your nose. Let's do this, Dan. I wrote this book called Truly Devious, and it's up for a Goodreads Choice Award for Best Young Adult Novel. Yeah, it is. And if you wanted to vote for, it's free. You just click on it. If you want it, there's a page. It's Goodreads Choice Awards Young Adult Novels. If you feel like all you do have to do is say click, there's other books there too. If you'd rather vote for another one and personally betray me, that's fine. Um, it's I'm not hurt, not hurt. Um, but if you wanted to, that is uh, available to you. And the Vanishing Stare is also available for pre-order. So if you want to hop on the train, get on that Johnson Express. The paperbacks coming of Truly Devious will be out on the 4th of December. It makes a nice oh, little holiday gift. That is a perfect little stocking stuffer there. It's great. You know, it's I like a paperback. And then when you're done reading it, you can tear up the paper and shove it up your nose. It says that on the back, right? When you're done, you can just shove it up your nose. Acclaimed author, John Green. I forget what he does say, but I don't think it's that. Could be, though. Could be. You can't roll it out. Anyway, no more gravy sandwiches. Just let's let's move forward ag- aggressively past Thanksgiving. And if you need something to eat instead, why not? Mm. Dan. That's fine. No, no, no. No, it's good. Just continue. No, that's that's I. Why not have a pizza? Why yeah, not have a pizza? Pizza's good. I almost made Thanksgiving pizza this year, but we decided against it. Why? Uh, we're, there was a general consensus among uh, the other members of my family that we didn't we didn't like turkey enough to go that route. So we're having country style ribs. <laughs> well, if you can't think of what to eat, <sighs> you just you lure me in because I like talking about food. Yeah. <sighs> Damn it. You do. What if there was a blue apron, but just for pie? That's just called the pie store. No, but I mean, if they sent you ingredients, that's that a you lot of work. Were... Just send me a pie. God damn it. If I'm going to pay for something to be sent to me, come on now. You don't want the fun of making it at home? I mean, you... I could just go to the store and buy the ingredients. If I'm going to get something mailed to me, if I'm going to open the a thing box, is it's... I want to no be able waste. to just jump into it's... that pie. It's no waste, Dan, because they'll send you a little bottle that has a, a, a spoonful of something in it. So you'll only be wasting you know, a little plastic container for each individual spoonful, seems, plus the 95 pounds of dry ice that seems, fucking comes in there. That seems less than less than optimal. Anyway, for only, I don't know, $500 a month or however much it is, you too can get... Blue Apron, and by going on no, Blue Apron backslash backslash says who's backslash no, Patreon stop. backslash food box stop. backslash says stop who, it. you get 700 free boxes of packing peanuts. 
<sighs> say, say you're from your basement. Say you're from your basement. Say it. Dan, say it. Dan, say, say you're in your basement. From Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles, I'm Harry Ellis. <laughs> God damn it, that was good. I know. From my closet in New York, I'm Hans Gruber. That's me falling out the window. Business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans. Booby. I'm your white knight. I must have missed 60 minutes of what I say. <laughs>